It's time for the spring sales event at the DGDG Mazda stores. Capital Mazda, Stevens Creek Mazda, Concord Mazda, and Team Mazda. Hey, it's Shondell Grand. And right now we've got a huge selection of brand new Mazdas with exciting spring incentives across our entire lineup. Plus, you can buy your new Mazda completely online with our exclusive no-brainer checkout. Don't miss the spring sales event at the DGDG Mazda stores in San Jose, Concord, and Vallejo. Listening to the San Jose Sharks Morning Tide, brought to you by Coors Light. Logan Couture wins it in overtime. Now, here's your host, Ted Ramey. D'Angelo stays out there too long, maybe. Elite pass. Uh oh, it's off a stick. Tippett is racing for it. Nice job by Carlson to steal. Eric Carlson moves up the ice, and then he stick handles. That was D'Angelo getting back. Maybe got a piece of it, and EK65 lost control. Hurdles, the only guy back. D'Angelo moving in, three on one. It's Perbroff moving behind the net. D'Angelo shoots, and he scores! Anthony D'Angelo wins it for the Flyers in dramatic fashion at one minute and ten seconds of overtime. Flyers four, Sharks three. San Jose gets one point. Yeah, it sucks. Uh... You know, I think we played a a good game. Uh, you know, obviously they played uh, you know all the way till the end, and, and they kept pushing. But I think we had a we didn't have a bad third a bad third period. Uh, just didn't want to go our way, and uh, you know, you defend for for 20 minutes. It's it's uh, hard sometimes to turn around and and you know try and go for it again a little bit. So uh, it's a lesson for us that we got to keep pushing. Uh, you know, we can still try and get that fourth goal without. You know, giving up any any unnecessary chances, and you know, if things like this happen, we're still right in it. Uh, but again, I don't think we played a bad hockey game. It's unfortunate that uh, you know we couldn't win it in regulation. All right, good morning, everybody. How are we all doing? It happened again. Once again, the San Jose Sharks, with a two-goal lead in the third period at home, ended up only getting a point in a game that seemingly in any other point in San Jose Sharks history except for maybe the second year of their existence, probably would have ended up as a win. And that's what we're talking about when we look at this year right now. I mean, the fact that they've only recorded four home wins, the fact that they are simply just not able of closing out games. I mean, this is going to go down as a season that we will try and forget, I think. And just to see it happen again last night, to watch the Sharks up by two goals and only walk away with a point when all is said and done, you're just you're asking yourself what happened. Because... The Sharks did not play like bad at all last night. They played a good game. I thought that there were many moments with the physicality, with the way they were defending, with the things that were going right. The second goal, you know, it's it's off a face-off, and it's a blown coverage. The third goal, it's an extra man on the ice, and it tips off of Ferraro and goes in. And then the overtime goal, you had Timo lose an edge and go down, and it set up a, a difficult situation where it was going to be hard to not see a goal going in. So it wasn't like they you know, shot themselves in the foot to the extent that they have in some of their other games. It wasn't like they just played a bad game. I mean, they were in control. Tomas Hurdle was doing his thing. Eric Carlson was doing his thing. Like You had the Sharks playing at a level that made you feel good about how things were going to go, especially when they go up 3-1 early in the third. But overall, this just speaks to the Sharks' ability this year to find a way to lose. And again, I don't say that to be inflammatory. I'm saying literally they will find ways to lose because they can't hold on 
to these tight leads. And, you know, afterwards, head coach David Quinn was asked about how you become comfortable in situations like these. And he said that you go about that by winning these games. And I agree with that in essence, but I just don't know how this team is going to become comfortable in these types of games if they can't figure out how to have success, if they can't figure out how to, you know, put themselves over the mountaintop. I mean, we can talk about that third goal. You go for the empty netter. I know that uh, immediately after the game, Curtis Brown was talking about the idea that you want to manage the puck. You don't want to just throw it down because if you miss, it's icing, then it's all coming back into your own end. And I, I understand what he is saying in that sense. So, I didn't love maybe immediately going for the empty netter there, especially with the amount of time left, but I understand why it happens. If it goes in, nobody thinks twice about it. If you take a 4-1 lead, the game is over. Excuse me, 4-2 lead, the game is over essentially at that point. I didn't classify that as some sort of erroneous bad move for the team to make. Like I looked at that as just like, okay, you're going for the win. You're going to take a shot. That's how you play to win hockey games. You have to try. You know, In retrospect, maybe you don't love it, but at the same time, if it goes in, nobody thinks twice about it, and everybody's talking about a Sharks win most likely, and you feel better about things, and it's how it goes. But that's the thing, is that right now, it almost feels like the Sharks have to play with a bit more caution, that you can't assume that something is going to work out. And I know that's no way to play hockey either. Like You have to assume that you are going to get the goal, you are going to get the win, you are going to get the breaks. Like That's a, a way that you play the style of game, where if you're not playing that way, you're tight, you're hesitant, you're going to put yourself in a bad situation. Um, so I, you know, again, even if it didn't work out, it, it was not the worst thing in the world to me. But I do think it's got to be brutal in that dressing room, right? Like I think a lot of the guys are probably looking at themselves and wondering, how do we keep on losing games that we should win? How do we keep on ending up on the wrong side of these decisions? How do we end up with only a point when we should have two? Because you know we've we've seen a lot of games like the ones we have last night, and it's the you know, the fact that they play well for most of the game, but they're letting small instances get the better of them, which allows them not winning games. I mean, it is fairly remarkable. I'll give it that much. One thing that I think that would have changed things is if they call the major on the hit on LeBanc as opposed to just a, a two-minute minor. And I think the Sharks, they go on the five-minute power play there. There's no doubt in my mind that they don't have the ability to extend that lead Instead, you get a kill for Philadelphia, which allows them to build some momentum, gives them life, and that changes the entire outlook of the game. Um, you know, I have a hard time looking at that play and not understanding why it was a major, but you know what? I think for the most part, the NHL referees are pretty good. They get the calls right. I'm not a guy that blames things on the referees in general. The Sharks, if they wanted to win that game, they should have gone out and win, won it. They, they don't need to be blaming the referees. That said, it definitely did breathe life into Philadelphia because they can shrug their shoulders a little bit and relax and know they don't have to kill for five minutes. They know that if they take care of their job for two minutes, they've got the ability to get back into it, and that's exactly what happened. So it is an unfortunate turn of events, Then the Sharks need to be able to deal with that better. I mean, that's one of the things that we've heard head coach Quinn talk about all year long. The Sharks need to be better in their response and their reaction to adversity. It is something that is still escaping them as a group. It is something that needs to be taken care of. And until they find a way to have more success in these situations to where they can respond to adversity a little bit better, it's going to continue to be a problem. I don't know that this gets fixed this year. I don't know that it gets fixed next year. It feels like this team needs to learn how to win again. And I know that's an overused or maybe maybe not an overused, but a misunderstood term that we use in sports where we talk about how a team needs to figure out how to win. Like I do, 
I do think that younger teams need to figure things out. But the thing is, the Sharks aren't per se a quote-unquote younger team. They are just a team that's not in a position to consistently win. And I think that when they find themselves in these situations, they don't know quite how to manage it. And that is why you see them ending up on the wrong side of things. And, you know, I understand that you're going to say, well, Ted, well, Logan and Eric Carlson and Hurdle and Timo, these guys have been there. Timo, uh, Nico Sturm has been there. Like, I do get it. But I temper it by saying those were different teams. Those were different points in their career. I think that those guys do individually know how to win, but I think it extends to the entirety of the team. Like, it's never just a one-man, man-v-man situation in the game of hockey. Yes, individual battles can be where the game is won, but it's the team mentality. It's the team identity. It's the way the team views themselves. That is what ultimately is going to allow you to have success. And you can see the Sharks as a team, they tightened up as soon as they you know, saw it was a 3-2 game and they knew they had to defend that much harder because it's now only a one-goal difference. And then the third goal goes in. It didn't feel like they had tons of pushback after that point. And you could feel that tightness, that reservation, that overall clenching start to set in. And you don't know how they're going to respond at that point. Like that's that's one of the things that I see with the Sharks is that if you flash back to some of the great teams the Sharks had, or if you look at great teams in the NHL in the last couple of years, when they do go down by a goal, when they do give up a game-tying goal, when they do put themselves in harm's way, there is almost a a resolve that you can palpably feel across the ice that it's relatively unacceptable and they are immediately going to respond and have a better performance over the whatever you know time is left in the game. Now, it doesn't always mean they get a win, but they're going to push and they're going to try and get themselves right back into the game. And I think that's something that the Sharks need to work on because in the final couple minutes of the game there after you give up the game-tying goal, you know, I didn't see a team that was really ready to get back into it. And I know that, you know, you defend, you defend, you defend, you defend, you're trying to kill off the game, and then suddenly you're thrust in a situation where you've got to put yourself right back into it and try and get a win. That is difficult. Same story that kind of bleeds through into overtime where the Sharks, in my opinion, didn't look aggressive enough. And again, it's easy for me to say on the outside, but it just seems like there was hesitation. There was a little bit of a lack of aggression, and that's something they need to work on going forward. Like This is a work in progress, and you just hope that the sting of losing will make these guys so sick of it and so tired of the outcome that they will just kind of give an effort mentality and play balls to the wall till it's all over and done with, and they've got themselves a win. I, I think it is going to take the team, like I said, getting sick of it and needing just to go all out to try and get the win, and I think they're a little bit tentative in that area right now because nobody wants to be the guy that makes the mistake. And I think that's another thing that's become part of the Sharks game is because mistakes have been so much at the forefront and have been so much as part of what we've talked about as their bugaboo this year that they don't want individually to be the guy that makes that mistake, which is adding to some of the tentativeness in these tight situations. If you have early game mistakes, you feel like you can overcome them, and that's why the Sharks have no problem making big mistakes earlier in games. But if you do have you know, the inability to try something later in a game, if you get a little bit more hesitant, if you get a little bit more you know, just unsure of yourself, it's not going to help you when all is said and done. It's going to put you in a bad situation, and the Sharks need to do a better job of putting themselves in a forward-leaning situation. They don't play nearly enough downhill hockey, even when they do have a lead. It feels like they're always playing a little bit 
of an uphill game. And that's something that, again, has got to improve, has got to get better, and has got to be a part of what they are trying to figure out as they get deeper and deeper into the year. Because right now, again, we're all viewing this as a quote-unquote lost year, but that doesn't mean you can't maximize it. And you've got to figure out ways that you can maximize it. And one of those has got to be how to figure out how to win these tight games, how to manage leads. Like we've talked so much about puck management and game management this year, but a lot of that has been in early in games or when you're down by a goal, when you're down by one goal in terms of not giving the puck away and not, you know, living to, or you want to live to defend another day and get it out of your zone as opposed to trying to hit the home run pass. That's something that's been the Sharks DNA with Bob Bugner, with Pete DeBoer. That's something they're still trying to figure it out, but it's, it's, a, it's an opportunity to try and figure it out right now because the wins and losses, listen, there's going to be more losses. There's going to be more losing. There's not going to be tons of wins. However, again, I look at the idea of how do you maximize what's going on right now, and that ultimately should be that by the time this regular season comes to a close, you have figured out how to put yourself in a much better situation, how to put yourself in a much better mindset, mind frame, paradigm, whatever it is as a team to go about winning the tight games, to know how and when you should make those, you know, risky passes per se. Is it worth the squeeze? You know, like that's what I always say is like, is the risk of this pass worth the potential outcome in either direction? I mean, that's something the Sharks have to learn as a team that when you're faced with a situation, when you think you have a pass that can be made, well, what happens if it doesn't work out? You know, like that should always be part of the thinking for the Sharks because I do think that good teams are able to weigh those factors in real time, and that's one of the ways that they keep themselves from being put in bad situations, and the Sharks aren't there yet. They can get there. They can definitely learn how to be a better decision-making team as a unit, but it's going to take work, right? Like, that takes time to figure out, and again, right now, that is not where the Sharks are at, but that doesn't mean they can't get there. And that's, again, where the focus should be for the remainder of the season. And there is a lot of hockey left to play. We've only played 37. We're not at the halfway point. We're getting close. But the goal from this point on should be to work on these smaller situations and moments of where the games are turning one way or another and try and focus upon those. Like Even if it means taking a timeout in an odd situation to get the team to focus on what's about to happen next, that's maybe what Quinn's got to do because this team, as a collective, does not know how to win the tight games, and it's cost them repeatedly this year. If they had won a lot of these close games, they could be in a much different situation. I mean, look at the few games that we've seen as of late in which the Sharks give up three goals in the first you know, two minutes and 10 seconds of a third period or give up two goals in 30 seconds to start a game. I mean, these are scary consistencies and it's not just that they are happening, you know, in one game or, you know, another game, but we are talking about giving up goals in bunches. We are talking about collapses at the wrong moments. We are talking about the team, like we said, not being able to handle different game situations. Maybe one week focus being better at the start of the game or the start of the period or the end of the period or whatever it's going to be going to be because it's not going to end up with a playoff appearance at this point. You might have to micromanage a little bit in the sense of each week you look at different ways to improve your team. You might have to break it down a little bit smaller. And I know that that is not what a fan wants to hear, but you have to teach this team how to win. You have to teach this team how to manage games. You have to teach this team how to be in the position to excel. And what makes that more difficult is you do have players who are capable of individual excelling performances. Tomas Hurta last night, he has two goals and an assist. That's a huge night. That's a three-point night. Eric Carlson 
continues his point streak, continues to be absolutely amazing every time he gets out there on the ice. It's not enough. The Sharks should be able to ride performances like these to a win, but they're not. And that's going to be where some of the frustration sets in internally and externally because you have players that are doing what is expected of them, what they are being paid to do. And even though you are getting those remarkable performances that you are seeing these star players play like stars, the team is still finding ways to lose. And I'm sure that there is a level of frustration that sets in across the board, but you want to make sure that that doesn't turn into any sort of resentment from the players and their teammates and just how the Sharks view it overall. Like you want them to be able to have a sound dressing room and it doesn't feel like any time this year that the locker room has ever fractured or there's ever been an issue, but losing takes a toll on players and it takes a toll on teams. And watching how they continue to react to this will be very telling in terms of what they're trying to build going forward because you want to make sure that it remains a sound locker room. You want to make sure that guys are still celebrating each other and still fighting for each other. And that's what we did see last night. Like, if I am looking for the positives last night is the fact that the Sharks did find a way to get a point out of the game, that they were physical throughout the game, that they were a hardworking team throughout the game, and they didn't find themselves on the wrong end of horrific mistakes. Like, they did a lot of things right over the course of the game, but not enough. And I know that that's a tough way to view things, but that quote-unquote not enough was what did them in when all was said and done. And that's a consistent factor throughout this year. They do a lot of things right, until they don't, and then it bites them in the ass, and then they are, they are on the wrong end of a losing scoreline. And believe me, I don't like it any more than you do, but it is something consistent that we see, and it is something that they need to get out of their game, and there's only one way to do it, and that is get better. And that's why you have to look at these micromanaged situations and try and get that into the team's head to understand how to manage these situations and how to better you know handle the adversity that's thrown at them because... If they do that, they'll register many, many more wins. If they don't do it, they're going to get their hearts broken like they did last night a lot more before this year is done. All right, we're going to take a break. On the other side, we are going to get into some post-game sound. You're on Morning Tide. That to-do list you have needs one more thing. Chill. It's an easy thing to do. Just crack open an ice-cold Coors Light and chill. Take the afternoon off and binge watch anything. Go to happy hour and stay for a couple hours. Who's counting anyways? Or hang out with just your dog because you've had enough human interaction this week. Whatever you do, do it with a Coors Light. Mountain cold refreshment made to chill. 2020 Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Celebrate responsibly. Welcome back to Morning Tide, brought to you by Coors Light. Ferraro lost it behind the net. Cedar near side. There's a shot and they score. That's Tippett near side. Right after Ferraro lost the puck, Tippett, a right handed shot, has no chance for the goaltender and it makes it a 3 to 2 game. Face off drop. Flyers have it. They've got the extra skater on and D'Angelo is very dangerous one on one. He walks into the corner for the Flyers. Back to Konechny. The shot. Score! That was tipped in front. Konechny again. Tying the game with a clutch play. And I'm not sure who tipped it in front, but it is a 3-3 tie at 17.55 of the third. And Travis Konechny, the key to it. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, I think we're a competitive team. Uh, we, we haven't won very many games, so there's nothing to say about that. We are where we are for a reason, but, uh, you know, I think today, you know, it wasn't for a lack of effort or for a lack of trying. I think that... Uh, 
uh, we played hard, they played hard, and uh, you know, unfortunately, uh, uh, you know, they uh, they scored a goal, and at the end there were, you know, uh, odds are that uh, you know you're not. So uh, it is what it is, unfortunately, and um, we got to be prepared to uh, to play like this every night and, and hope that uh, the outcome is is different uh, most of the time. Welcome back, everyone. Another rough outcome for the San Jose Sharks. A tale that we have seen a few too many times this year. They were up 3-1 at home, third period. Lose 4-3 in overtime when all is said and done. The response that you heard there from Carlson was being asked whether or not he's experienced a season like this before in his career or just situations of this type of consistency. Um, here's Tomas Hurdle on the same question. Honestly, I don't, th- I don't think so. I have, you know, like so many close game and but we, it's just, it's nothing like what they do. It's always, you know, us, you know, just, you know, low mistake and and it's always on ours and we just keep shooting our foot and, and you know, after a tough game in Vancouver, we, we you know, play well. We thought so we deserve it win, but, you know, we get just one point and it's not, it's not enough. Now, I will say that one area that I do not agree with Hurdle, as he said, it's always what we do. It's not what the opposition does. You know, you have to give some credit to Philadelphia, in my opinion, to get themselves back into that game and keep playing hard, even when they were down by two goals. And also the big kill they got that would have been a five-minute major, um, and it turned into a two-minute minor, but they still had to kill it, and they did. To me, that is a big momentum changer. That is a way that the game changes, and credit to Philadelphia for being able to be in that position and have the necessary response to get back into that game. I mean, that is a definite credit to them, and it should not be overlooked. That said, the Sharks have to be better in these situations. So it's not just that it's on the Sharks, because you don't want to take credit away from Philadelphia, because again, good for them. However, the Sharks need to be better at these situations. How do they get better? More from Hurdle. I don't know, just some, I feel like because sometimes in situation because, you know, you lose a couple games like that, you, you kind of pull yourself and you just have to keep playing the same way. Like we did for first 40 minutes, just play Ozone, attack them, don't give out anything because every time you kind of get back, you, you just care for the defense. So you, all, it's, you always do actually more mistake, you know, and, 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 and uh, you know, we have to just keep saying same way every time doesn't, I mean, uh, we just winning by one. It's something, you know, we lose a couple of games. We're going to have to just keep playing the same way. But seems like we always get a little scared. And we actually always, you know, last 10 minutes, we, we just did, again, like a couple of you know, mistakes, you know. You can feel a little bit of that Groundhog Day mentality entering into his psychology. Like, here we go again. But the other side of that is the only way to get better and not be in this Groundhog situation is to simply be better. You have to improve yourself as a team. This is what also David Quinn said about how they get beyond this. Uh, when you have success in them, it's the only way to do it, right? You have a game like this and you get through it and you win and you do it again and you do it again and you do it again. And that's, you know, it's really how it happens. And unfortunately for us, we've been in these situations and too often we get the result we got tonight. It's almost like the idea of exposure therapy. Like you got to put yourself in these situations multiple times, learn how to understand how you react in these situations, learn how to understand what the opposition is doing and figure out how you can put forth a better performance. I I wish it was that easy. It's clearly not. But I mean, it does feel like right now they just have to be exposed and get reps in this situation. Listen, if the Sharks are in tight games, I don't hate that, right? Because how many goals did they give up to Vancouver the other night? 
you know, how many of these other games this year have they've just been, you know, bleeding goals and not being able to come up with a better performance? Like last night wasn't a bad night for the San Jose Sharks. I mean, that's the thing about this is they didn't play a terrible game, but it also showed that they can have some breakdowns off the faceoff, which is something we've seen this year. It also showed that they, you know, can't hold on to leads, which is something that we've seen this year. It showed the good and the bad of the team. Yeah, I mean, you looked at, I mean, there's a lot of things you like about our game tonight. We were skating, we were physical, we competed, we were pretty good defensively, and, you know, we get a blown coverage on the second goal, bang, bang play, and then, you know, they pull the goalie and hits our guy and goes in the net. But, you know, we could have done some things to prevent it, right? So it's not just a bad bounce. We could have played that better around the net front. And, uh, you know, we got caught out there on the, on the overtime goal. And Timo, Timo falls down, right? At the end of the day, he loses an edge. And, you know, so. Interesting response to that, though, and this was said before Quinn reacted, is that Capo said that he did like the way that Mario was playing it. He said that's just what happens. Yeah, I mean, simple play, six on five. They they get the puck up to the point and they shoot it, and I saw the puck all the way, and, you know, it's going wide. I'm, I'm trying to make myself as big as possible and hits our, our guy's shoulder and goes to the top, top corner on the other side. Um, and not much, any, not much anyone anyone can do there. I think Mario did a good job boxing, and boxing the guy out. It was going wide and tough launch. And again, you get to the frustration setting in for the team and figuring out how they're going to react and respond for the next game because they go out on the road now to finish the year. It's really tough, you know. I think we play a pretty good game, you know, especially first four day and and you know we score in the third early for three one and feel like comfortable, you know. We give up one and and you know tough end, you know, and so it sucks, you know, lose like that and bad bounce gets straight to in and. You know, and in overtime, but we should win this game, and and we just did again. We didn't finish our job, and and this one really hurts. And ultimately, you hope that it does not negate the good entirely, because there was good that the Sharks did throughout this game, and they should be able to lean on those things and say, okay, we took steps in a better direction, especially compared to what happened in Vancouver. But we still ended up on the losing side. However, a point was earned. However, good things were done throughout the game. And I think that's got to be what the mindset out of this game is. Because it's not like you want to forget it in terms of everything good that you did just because there was some bad. But you have to just be able to absorb the good, have positive takeaways in light of the negative outcome, figure out what you did right in that game, and how you can apply it to other games moving forward. And that includes figuring out how to manage the end of the game better. And Eric Carlson was asked if the team is pressing a little bit, clenching a little bit late in these games when they do have a lead because maybe there is an awareness that it hasn't gone too well in the past this year. Yeah, but that's uh, usually and unfortunately what happens, uh, you know, when you're trying to protect the lead, uh, you know, you're playing catch and, you know, they're controlling most of the game. And uh, if they do happen to score, which they did, it's it's hard for... Uh, you know, that a team sometimes to uh, to get it going again. That's why you get to keep playing the game. And, uh, you know, if they end up scoring, they end up scoring. And uh, that's the way it is sometimes. But you're still, you know, right in it. And, uh, you know, we didn't do that today. And uh, they scored late. And then it goes to overtime. It is what it is. We, we never really had control of the puck. And uh, that's, that's the way it goes uh, in those situations sometimes. I mean, what is amazing is that Eric Carlson is on pace for 110 points on a team that has only registered 11 wins. He is playing up to the contract, something people said he could never do. In fact, I think you can make an argument that he is playing in excess of the contract because he's on pace for 110 points 
and every night he's a big part of why the Sharks are in games. I mean, it is just, it's it's particularly stunning to watch him have this success in light of what we had seen previously with the Sharks. You thought maybe his career was on the downswing, and now he's bounced back and having the best season of his career, which for a two-time Norris Trophy winner is not exactly something that maybe you expected to happen at this age, at this moment in his life on the team that he is on. But again, it's hard to argue with what he is doing. It's just unfortunate that it's not happening in the realm, I'll say, of a better season. Like we're watching potentially one of the great defenseman seasons of all time. Unfortunately, the Sharks are just also having a not good year in any way, shape, or form. And it's a remarkable juxtaposition because that shows you how good Eric Carlson is. In light of the fact that the team isn't good, he still is able to play at such a high level that literally every team in the NHL that they've played so far can do nothing to stop him. And just to watch that type of success happen, it's great to see. And you hope that that is something that can be leaned on going forward. But like I said, and I talked about this on the, the buildup yesterday, is that you know part of the reason that you know a lot of Sharks fans are maybe a little bit you know, uneasy about where the team is right now because nobody knows what's going to happen next. You've had Mike Greer go out there and say that everybody is potentially on the block except for Tomas Hurdle, which I am fine with. Listen, that's, you know, you got to create competition. Don't let guys get comfortable. Let them know that anything can happen. But I think fans don't know what's going to happen next. And that's, you know, maybe a reason why there is some hesitation from the fan base in terms of, you know, just wondering where things are going. And it's a valid take. But, you know, for right now, enjoy Eric Carlson because, you don't know when you're ever going to see something like this again. Now, the hope is that he comes back with another season just like this next year and the year after, and that it coincides with an upswing in the San Jose Sharks' ability to be a better team overall. But for right now, you just got to appreciate it. One more from David Quinn asked about what the focus is entering 2023. More consistency and in situations like tonight, just find ways to win. And then really at the end of the day, that's what we need to do. And, you know, I... We competed hard. We, you know, we put forth a good effort. But, you know, again, at the end of the day, it's not just about effort. It's about getting the, the two points instead of one. All right, that wraps it up on the final morning tide of the 2022 calendar year. But I will be with you on Saturday afternoon as we have the buildup with the Sharks getting ready to take on Dallas for the San Jose Sharks. I'm Ted Ramey signing off. You've been listening to the San Jose Sharks Morning Tide, brought to you by Coors Light on the Sharks Audio Network. Bank tips far side, in deep Carlson, the slot hurdle, shoot, score! Tomas Hurdle absolutely loves to play against the Philadelphia Flyers. What a pass by Eric Carlson in deep in the left wing corner, and Hurdle picks up the goal, his 12th of the season, to put the Sharks in front, 1-0 with 10.22 left in the...